Hello, and welcome to the Girl I Slept in My Makeup podcast by three sisters who live in three different cities, are at three different life stages, and have three different perspectives. They are excited to learn and grow alongside of you. This is a space full of love and acceptance, no judgment, because let's face it, we all sleep in our makeup. Please welcome Lauren, Megan, and Kristen. Hey everyone, we're so excited that today we have an amazing guest. And before we get into the interview, I wanted to tell you a little bit more about Arash Basugi. He is the co founder and president of Boss Coaching Co., a company committed to helping individuals, professionals, and entrepreneurs break through barriers and achieve personal freedom. As the creator of the Millionaire Mastermind and Seven Figure Self Image programs, Arash has inspired individuals in over two dozen countries to achieve new levels of confidence, discipline, leadership, and revenue. Due to his dynamic, engaging communication style, he is highly sought after to speak into the lives of professional athletes and CEOs, and we are just so honored that he came on our podcast and we know you will be honored by listening to him as well. So enjoy today's episode. Hey, sisters. Hey. Hi. Welcome, everybody. We are so excited for another week and even more thrilled because we have an amazing guest, Arash Vasugi. Welcome, Arash. Glad to be here with you guys. How are you? Good. Thank you. Doing good. Well, Arash has 15 years in the personal development industry and truly a sales expert. So I'm just so excited to have you on. I've personally learned so much from you. So thank you. Thank you for being here. And I can't wait to share your story with our listeners. So we'll just kind of jump right in. If you don't mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in the coaching industry. Yeah, sure. Um, Once again, I'm really happy to be here with all of you. You know, it's such an interesting thing looking back um over the last 15 18 years a lot of people will say how did you get in the industry and i don't really know how to answer the question because it was not intentional at first (laughs) yeah i was in the corporate world and i was earning a low six-figure income uh then i started thinking i wanted to do something else and i wanted to coach um the first book i got was think and grow rich and Literally, I was reading the book and I couldn't put it down and it got me to think bigger. My whole plan was that I was going to transition out of my corporate job once I replaced my income. Well, there was a a much bigger plan ahead for me. And what ended up happening is um, my company sold. And I worked my way out of college from the bottom to the top of the company. I became vice president of sales. Like the guy who hired me, I became his boss. And, you know, it was just a job. And what happened was the owner of the company told me the day before uh, there was rumors that they were selling. And I asked him and he said, no, we're not selling. Well, the next day they sold. (laughs) And I always say we have these pivotal moments in our life. That was one for me. At first, I remember walking out the door. I was angry, but I said, this voice came inside of me and said, you're angry at the wrong person. That's their company. They can do whatever they want. And at that moment, I decided that I was never going to work for somebody else again. Mm -hmm. I was never going to put my quote unquote security into somebody else's hands. And the new company 
wanted to keep me bad. They like recruited me hard. I said no. And paint the picture at the time, I was 150,000 in debt three weeks before my wedding. And, but I just knew that I, I had to choose what was great instead of what was good. And I bet on myself. And I met a mentor literally within 24 hours. I had my mentor and I, my mentor was Bob Proctor. And uh, we had a mutual acquaintance who introduced us. And he got on the phone with me and he was so curt and honest. And it's what I needed at the time. And he said to me, he said, well, what is it that you want? And I said, I'm not really sure. I said, I want to create a life of freedom um, doing what I love. And he says, well, what do you love? I said, I don't know. I said, I like helping people, but it, I didn't know in what way. And he said, how serious are you to make the change? And I told him, I said, I'm very serious because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And he said, will you do what I tell you? Now, at the time, I didn't know he even coached people. Like coaching was so different back then. And it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. I remember reading these books that says you got to find a mentor. Well, I didn't know where to find him. Anyhow, he said, I'll coach you if you'll do exactly what I tell you to do. And he said, he said, the only thing you're missing is direction. So I didn't know how much this was going to cost. I didn't have any money. And um, it was, it felt to me like millions. I mean, it was several thousands, um, but I knew at that moment, uh, this was another pivotal moment for me because I could have done what was safe and I said, I'll do it. And he said, the one thing you need is great discipline. I said, I don't have any discipline. I'm a great starter and a terrible finisher. <laughs> I start, stop, start, stop. And he said, well, you're going to have to change that. But the reason you're doing that is you don't have the right accountability. And literally, if I was to tell you that I got off the phone thinking I was going to win, it wasn't true. Hmm. Uh, I didn't know that I was going to win, but I didn't know I was going to lose. And I said to myself, he said that if I do exactly what he tells me to do, then everything will change. Well, I made it into a game and I literally did exactly what he told me to do. Within three months, I went from zero to 10,000 a month. Within seven months, I was at 25,000 a month. Um, within a year, I mean, I was in a much different situation within two years or two and a quarter years, I earned my first million. And then him and I partnered up and we worked closely together for 15 years until he passed recently. And, you know, so it, it's really interesting. I, from that moment, once I learned how to create freedom, freedom's a big word for me. That was my word. I fell in love with that idea. Uh, I just wanted to show everybody else how to do it. And now uh, my partner, Mikey Stiller, and I, we created our company, Voss Coaching Co. And I've, over the last 15 years, I've coached well over 100,000 people in over 100 countries. You know, we have a system because I learned it, you know, from my mentor. I always say you have to be a great student until you become can become a great leader. You've got to be a great follower first. And I was, you know, and that's kind of, you know, a short version of my story. But I think the biggest thing I, I tell people who are really at where I was is the mm -hmm. first thing you have to do is bet on yourself. Yes. And I just want to ask you, what, do, what does freedom mean to you? Well, for me, it's the, the definitions never change. It's doing what I want, when I want, with whomever I want, as often as I want. 
What's yeah. interesting about freedom, I will tell you, I thought freedom was money. What creates the financial freedom is emotional freedom. And the best part of creating freedom is who you become in the process. The types of the type of character you build, the type of disciplines you create, the self-esteem that it demands, uh, the type of courage you have to have. So I have a much different understanding of freedom now coming 15 years later than when I did at the time. I just wanted to honestly like thrive in my own way. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, to me, that's what freedom is. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I feel like just what you describe of yourself back then is so relatable for so many of us, I think, that it is hard. You mentioned it felt like a million dollars, the investment in yourself. And I think so many times it's hard for us to get past maybe that fear of or maybe scarcity mindset to take that risk and invest in ourselves and kind of look at it more as an investment rather than a possible, you know. $10,000 down the train. So I guess what can you offer to maybe somebody who's maybe at that point? How do you know to decipher between like you took a big risk in Bob, not knowing how amazing he was really. So I don't know. Can you help coach us through if somebody's at that point where it's like, when, how do I know to press forward? <laughs> well, the first thing you have to know, you have to really want it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say they want it, but they don't. Mm -hmm. They want to they want to make decisions based on what they already know. That's not a decision. That's called the paradigm. That's your program. For me, I didn't really care about the money. I was already 150,000 in debt. What was another 10,000? Like <laughs> exactly. for me, that's that was my attitude. But here's what I always tell my clients. You never make a decision one way or another regarding money. You have to make it is this going to grow me or is it going to contract me? you know, you're going to spend the time anyway. And you're going to spend the money on whatever you spend it on. This is spending it on you. And that's what I thought to grow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can always measure what something costs, but you can never measure where it'll take you. Uh, like one idea changed my life. Then it was a bunch of one ideas that changed my life. The first one was betting on myself. Then it was decision making. Then it was developing a positive mental attitude. So I had all these one ideas that really created uh, freedom for my family and I, but I had a huge why. This is, um, I was about to get married and I had this vision that we were going to have kids. And by the time we had kids, I wanted my kids to be able to live differently than I lived. I lived middle class growing up and I didn't want them to be constrained, you know? And so my why was so much bigger than me. It's still bigger than me. My why today is my family, uh, my wife and my two kids. That's always been my why. And when your why is big enough, then I really believe God makes a way for you. You know, if your why is not big enough, then you're going to keep playing it small. Yeah, that's such good stuff. I feel like you speak kind of in quotes. So I'm just taking this in. <laughs> I, I know I, I actually have written a few of them down the process to free. It's more about the process, whoever you become in that process. And that 
it reminds me of what Jesus talks about too. Like he's constantly molding us. And when you're on that process to freedom, like all of what you're learning on that process is what I'm hearing you say is, is really what gets you to freedom. It's not necessarily the money or like the end destination. It's just throughout the process on like who you're becoming. So that's so powerful. And I feel like I've been hearing that message in multiple areas because I'm in a big process right now. I feel like becoming a coach. So that's so reassuring to feel and hear that like I'm on the right track. It's just a process too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Most people don't understand coaching. I was at the gym yesterday um, and one of the trainers introduced me to their sister and she was in real estate. She wants to be a coach. So I started asking her questions. You knew she didn't know what the hell she was talking about. <laughs> and I told her that I would help her to go look me up. And then she sent me a message. Can I take you out to lunch? Well, coaching, it's a very heartfelt business. You've got to really care about people Uh, more. I think every business is that way, but I've never seen anything like it, like coaching, because you're putting somebody's vulnerability in your hands and you want to be able to deliver for them. So the development of yourself is critical. It's not just about, okay, do this, do that. That's not coaching. That's babysitting. Coaching is bringing out the potential of the person you're coaching so they can live the best version of themselves. So every day you want to constantly be studying yourself, constantly expanding yourself and growing yourself. Like I could look at the three of you and this is the same way I look at everybody. I look at pure limitless potential. See, I don't look at where you are. I look at where you want to go, where you are is based on the past. I only focus on who do you want to become? And if you follow the direction, you're going to win. It's not like, oh, it happens for one person and not the other. No, it happens by exact law. And I didn't make up these laws. These are God's laws. You know, and the laws always hold us accountable. So when we work in harmony with them, then you're going to win. Mm-hmm. I was listening to, you pro- You probably know of him. Uh, he's a coach as well, Tim Story. And he was talking about there's three levels of living. There's almost, which is like not quite. And then most go high, but you hit a ceiling. And then the utmost is going, being able to go beyond the ceiling. And he was talking about many of us can have a most life, but to get the keys to the utmost level, you have to be tapped into the utmost God. And so where God puts his super on our natural, that's what makes life supernatural. And I feel like you're saying the same thing. So that's really cool. Yeah. I think we all say same things in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't think none of this is our own. Right. You know, these are thousands and thousands of years of philosophy. Mm -hmm. It's, It's just applying the philosophy to what connects with each person the most. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I just, I find that as somebody, my husband and I did some business coaching back when, and actually Trevor was uh, originally trained under Bob. So it's a small world. He's Canadian, but um, he, I remember in the beginning of our coaching, he said what you just said and that it felt really relieving to hear those words. So I'm glad that you just shared that with our listeners because it was like this sense of relief. Like we don't have to recreate the wheel here. We don't have to be geniuses, you know, coming up with new ideas. 
It's more about doing what somebody's already done before you that you want to do and making it your own, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. If you look at all businesses, like nothing is created or destroyed. So it's already here. Like the cell phones have always been here. All the ideas are here. We just have to understand the creation process. You know, once you follow the creation process, you're going to bring it in. What happens for people, they don't understand where their wants come from. Mm-hmm. The, our wants come from the essence of who we are. They come deep from our subconscious mind and it brings it up to our conscious mind. And most people will reject it. Oh, that's not for me. How could I do that? That's impossible. And what I teach people is your goals need to be impossible. You want to make the impossible possible. Uh, because that's where the inspiration happens. But most people will get their want. Maybe they accept it for a day, a week, and then they give up on it. And that's where they constantly have this fulfilling cycle of doom where they think the same way, feel the same way, take the same actions, create the same results and say it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work because your goal demands you to grow. And you have to develop the attitude, the decisions, your identity from your goal. And most people are coming to their goal. If you're coming to your goal, you're never going to achieve it. You have to come from the goal. That's where the magic happens. Will you explain that a little bit more? Because I, it took me a little bit to understand this concept. I always was thinking I needed to understand who I was first before I could know what my goal is. But then I realized if I didn't know what my goal is, I couldn't really build the image of myself to be what my goal is. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but could you go in a little more detail on how that works? Well, the first thing you have to decide is what do you want? More than anything else in the world, your want has to be so strong. If you have a weak want, the soonest sign of adversity, you're going to give into it. So you have to know what you want. Uh, That's the first step. Then the second step is you've got to start living from that goal. What would you experience had you achieved that goal? And you start experiencing it, it now. And you, you think, feel, and act from the goal. Like I teach um, my elite clients a process. I call it the power of five, where every decision you make comes from that goal. If you'd achieve that goal, what type of decisions would you make? You make those decisions now. Every attitude you have is from that goal. What type of attitude would you achieve? And when I'm talking about attitude, I'm not talking about being optimistic, being wishy. I mean, having swagger, having that confidence, having that knowingness, that's attitude. And then I say, what kind of standard do you live with? Our standard is our code of ethics. It's our commitment. We draw a line in the sand and we don't accept anything under that standard. Then what type of disciplines would the person who'd achieve your goal have? And those are the disciplines you live with. And then what type of image would you have? What type of identity would you have? Once you do that, you'll never drift from your goal. But what most people are doing is they're letting the outside control them. So they let their bank account control them. Their bank account is an effect. It's not the cause. The cause is us. We're always the cause of everything. Like freedom, I didn't just create freedom. Freedom was an effect. The cause was me changing. Me, I changed my identity. I changed my confidence. I changed my disciplines. I changed my standards. I bet on myself. Like that's what created the freedom. And so when 
to for you, Megan, to answer yeah. your question, you know, you've got to understand you and how you operate. You have three parts of your mind. You have your conscious mind, you have your subconscious, and you have your physical body. Well, our conscious mind creates two to four percent of our results. Our subconscious creates 96 to 98 percent. But most people don't even know how each part works. Your conscious mind, you can accept or reject any idea. In your conscious mind, you can originate any idea. Any idea. Why are people originating small ideas? Because that's the image they see of themselves. And so you've got to start understanding this to really understand you. Your subconscious doesn't know the difference between something that's real or what's imagined. Your subconscious cannot accept an idea. Now, I, the first thing I'll tell clients is from this moment on, you have to be, you literally have to get a PhD in accepting and rejecting ideas. Anything that is not in harmony with what you want, you've got to give it a hard no. Because if you don't give it a no or a yes, it's always a yes to your subconscious. What I mean by that, somebody says, oh, I'm stupid or, oh, I can't do this. They may just be saying it to themselves, but their subconscious doesn't know. It's very impersonal. It doesn't know whether you're kidding or not. So we want to start dictating what we put in our subconscious mind. And that that has to come from the goal. And once you do that, you're going to you're going to get it because I want you guys to burn this idea in your mind. Your subconscious mind always expresses the dominant of two ideas. So whatever your dominant idea is, that's your belief in your subconscious is what you're going to see in your outside world. It's so true. And I've like watched myself. I've been studying myself really, like you said, for the past few years. And it is wild how much your subconscious dictates, even if you're in your conscious mind, you're doing these things. But if you haven't really put it in a belief level, you're still getting the same results. And I see that interestingly enough in the Bible, when God talks about renewing your mind, I think he really was talking about like our subconscious, like renewing who you are as our creator sees us versus how humans see us and changing. And it takes like moment by moment reminders, or at least for me, like I'll have a random thought that just like wipes by me. And I'm like, that's weird. Now I'll notice it. Like, why did I have that thought that I am? I don't know what it is. Like, I'm not good enough or something. And then I'll talk back to that thought now and be like, no, I am good enough because I'm perfectly and wonderfully made. And so I'm like, you know, it just, it does take time though. Do you feel like it takes time or is it just when you have that moment of like your subconscious is truly fused with the belief that you are enough or whatever the, the thought is? Well, you got to remember, like Sullivan says, as a man thinks think it in his heart, so is he, right? Yeah. The heart is our subconscious. That's our power source. You know, there's infinite inside of all of us. We have the same infinite inside of us that created this whole universe. And But most people won't say, I'm infinite. Nobody wakes up and consciously says that, but we are. So to me now... It's a little different because my okay. awareness is so much different than it was 15 years ago. So yeah. 15 years ago, I always thought like you were asking, like it takes time or it takes this. Yeah. Now I don't think in terms of that. I just think in my daily goals and it's a state of beingness. It's just like somebody and somebody wants to get fit, right? There's two types of people. The one person goes on a diet. They'll lose the weight, gain it back. Then the other person changes their state of being. They change and consciously in the beginning, it's hard because you have to change your thought patterns. 
in your habits. But the person who really stays fit is the person who changes their behaviors, changes their image inside. They see themselves from a health consciousness, not from just losing weight, not from the scale. It's the same thing with this. Your thinking pattern, if you want to create freedom, it's a way of being. It's not a short-term fix. It yeah. is something that will create long-term results. I have a cousin of mine I'm very close to, and he says, I've never seen anyone change their results as quickly as you. And people don't know what you have to do to change the results behind closed door. I didn't think it was very quick. You know, for three years, I was studying this, got no results. You know, I was just gathering the information because I wasn't putting it into practice. I was intellectualizing it, but I wasn't transferring it to the subconscious part of my mind where my power is. Well, once I did that, then everything changed. So we have to get emotionally involved with what we want. It's not just getting intellectually involved. See, learning, there's three parts of learning. One is we get intellectually involved. We say, okay, I'd like to do that. You know, that's a good idea. Well, that's where most people stop. The second part is now, once we're intellectually involved, we got to get emotionally involved with that idea. So we've got to see ourselves already doing that. And then the third part is we've got to step out and act. And that's where everything happens. And that's attitude. What I just gave you is a definition of attitude. Attitude is thinking in a certain way, feeling in a certain way, and acting in a certain way. And that creates our results. Hmm. So good. Boom. That's so good. <laughs> okay. So I want to talk again about the little juice shot that I've been taking daily called Magic Mind. It's really been great for my mental focus and energy throughout the day. And it has, supports immune system, which is great. Lauren, what do you think about the Magic Mind drink? Well, funny you may ask, because I'm drinking it right now. And I just really appreciate the flavor. Some of these things that I've had in the past just don't aren't my favorite tasting things. But I can genuinely say I love the flavor and definitely prefer it chilled. It can be drank either not chilled or in the fridge. I do yeah. prefer it from the fridge. And then I also just like that you can take it alongside your coffee. So I like to take it out whenever I have my cup of coffee, shoot it, and then finish my coffee. So I love it too. Yeah. yeah. I hope you guys will try it. Uh, you can visit magicmind.com slash slept in and you'll get 56% off your subscription. Also, you can get 20% off of a one-time purchase with our unique code slept in 20. So go try it out and let us know what you think. And so... You know, I have done different things, especially when it comes to my health. Like I deal with certain health issues and I've done the whole, you know, normal route of with doctors and I've decided to work with, you know, more functional medicine and, you know, it's a lot of costs. It's, it's kind of similar. It's like coaching in a way where I feel like my mind has played tricks on myself where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to t take this on. I'm ready to attack this. And then it's like, I get into it and I'm like, I wasn't ready. And then I've just wasted so much money. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Like, how do you know your own mind is ready? <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, your mind's always ready. It's whether you're ready. You know, see what happens is we're either coming from one of two states, wanting or needing. And when we're wanting, that's what creates abundance. When we're needing, that's what creates scarcity. And so like if I was working with you, I would work on your self-image first, right away. See, your image 
is the most important picture we have of ourselves. And the, you will never outperform your image, but you can change your image. So when you're saying, I'm not ready, I'm wasting money, I don't look at anything as a waste. First of all, it's an experience. I wouldn't look at it that way. Uh, I could tell you, for three years, I spent 32000 and created no results, okay? It, I look back, it wasn't a waste. Uh, I don't think anything's a waste. I think everything's a learning experience and I call it pivoting forward. You always got to look forward, not backwards. Living in the past is such a waste of time. It is a dumb idea. And, but we have to match the image of health within you. And I would recommend you create an affirmation for yourself that you auto suggest something to the fact of, I'm so happy and grateful now that I have a wonderful image of myself. I have a health consciousness. Every cell of my being is completely healthy. And I would embed that. I would say that thousands of times a day, put it on a recording until you, you change that part of your program. So I don't think your mind doesn't work like that. It's not that your mind is not ready. It's you dictate your mind. You can't get to your subconscious without your conscious mind. You remember how I said your conscious mind originates every idea? Well, you get to, this is where decision is. And I would tell you, if you look back just from a neutral place and ask yourself, was it a wish or a hope or was it an irrevocable committed decision? See, unless it's an irrevocable committed decision, it's a wish or a hope. That's not a decision that has no power. Nothing happens without commitment. Commitment is I'm all in. And you guys are going to probably think this is a little extreme, <laughs> uh, but if you are 98% in, you're 100% out. You have to be 100% in. Like you've got to draw that line in the sand. This is what I'm doing with whatever your listeners are, are going after uh, because they're, you're meant to achieve it. And when you say you have that idea that I really wanted to do this and my mind wasn't ready, it had nothing to do with your mind. It had to do with your image. It had to do with your disciplines. It had to do with your follow through. So that's where um, it happens. And discipline is so, it is the prequel to success. And we've got to understand that. But discipline is in our thinking. It's not our activities. Our activities are the effect. This is where I was talking about that you have to accept and reject every idea that is either in harmony or not in harmony with what you want. I love that. Discipline is the prequel to success. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happens without discipline. And can you talk a little bit about your relationship with discipline in the past and, and how you changed that? Well, I, like I said earlier, I, I was very undisciplined. Um, I had a terrible relationship with it. I shrunk around it when I kept hearing you have to be disciplined because uh, I was not aware. But once I changed my attitude towards it and it, it was non-negotiable, when my mentor told me you have to master this, I said, OK, I've got to change my attitude towards it. So I did, but I went in a two-year dive studying discipline. And most people won't do that. But if you want to be really live the way you want to live, discipline is at the core of everything. Nothing happens without discipline. Well, that's when I started beginning to understand discipline had nothing to do with my activities. It had to do with my thinking. See, what creates our activities? We have to decide what we're going to do every moment. Like us getting on this podcast, it had to be a decision that I'm going to follow through and do this, or you guys are going to follow through and do it. Everything um, everything good in your life, if you look back, 
there was discipline mixed in. And everything bad in your life, if you look back, of something you said you were going to do and you didn't do it was discipline. So it is absolutely essential to change our attitude towards it and make it effortless. You want to bulletproof everything in your favor. And are you going to fail sometimes? Yes. You know, like Seth Godin, a famous author, has a great quote. He said, the person who fails the most wins the most. And the the real high achievers in life, whether I don't care what area it is, the one common denominator, they're willing to fail. You have to be willing to fail in order to win. So good. And I think a lot of people listening probably, I, you know, I've heard people in my life be like, yeah, I'm just not disciplined. Like I'm not a disciplined person. So that's really a part of what you call your paradigm or your story and your self image. And so to start changing that, to just kind of paraphrase what you're saying, you have to just look at discipline a little bit differently and start auto-suggesting affirmations surrounding like that. I am disciplined. I love discipline or whatever the words you want to use. I mean, I think there's a more simple process. Like the way I do is I'm disciplined. From now on, I see myself as a disciplined person. There you go. I like it. You know, like simplify everything. Don't make it hard because if you're going to make something hard, you're you're not going to do it. Yeah. Like look at the things you guys excel at. They're a part of you. It's effortless. Everything is hard when we're trying something new or doing something new. Yeah. In the middle, it's very messy. It's muddy. At the end, it's effortless. You know, think about when we first started learning how to drive a car. I remember my my <laughs> hands were really holding the steering wheel tight. Now, sometimes I go home, I got like one finger. I don't even know how I got home. Well, <laughs> it's because the repetition. We have to fall in love with repetition. How you change your program is repetition. But repetition is so illogical when we become adults, not as children. But as we become adults, we, we resist it. But it's the repetition over and over again that creates the new program, that creates the new part of you, that really using your words of renewing your mind. Okay, yeah. that's what happens is the repetition. And that's what is going to be critical to build discipline. Yeah, that's so good. So whenever you said this, it totally makes sense to me. If you're 98% in, you're 100% out. Coming from somebody who's not typically like an all or nothing type of gal. <laughs> For me, what I have found in things, let's just you since you brought up the weight thing or working out thing, the times that I have tried to go all in and Kristen, you might relate to this with your uh, medical stuff, but sometimes in the beginning, it feels you have to go all or nothing to actually make a difference. But what I have found is for me to find that sweet spot of kind of balance I think this, some of this information I can, cause I know, like I'm thinking back to myself, like maybe 10 years ago and it would just feel so overwhelming to be like, well, gosh, that just sounds like I'm going to have to make all these changes, but actually it's not like you're saying, it's not that hard. Like don't complicate it. It can be very simple. Can you just explain how it doesn't have to be like, we don't have to be extreme here, <laughs> you know? Well, extreme doesn't work. Yeah. So extreme is dieting. Right. You know, exactly. Dream is saying you exhaust yourself. Yes. See, you don't need to be perfect. Your intent needs to be perfect. Okay. And so that's what people have to understand. Success is just a few disciplines practiced every day. And failure is a few errors in judgment practiced every day. See, nobody, because we got into health, 
using somebody with weight gain, nobody got overweight by eating a slice of pizza or, or a piece of cake. What happens is that turned into the next day and the next day and the next day. Nobody lost their fitness without working out every day. Mm-hmm. They turned missing what they committed to for one day, turned it into two, turned it into two weeks. Right. So uh, what happens is you we've got to really think about what is our philosophy of life. Our philosophy dictates our thinking. And so all of this is very simple. There is nothing hard about it. It just takes discipline to do it. And you've got to be accountable. You have to have personal accountability. You see, accountability is a success insurance policy. And so it starts with our vision. What do we really want? We've got to write out our vision so we're clear. Our vision creates our standard. Our standard is our DNA to success. It's our code of ethics, our commitment. Our standard creates our story. Our story creates our identity. Our identity creates our results. They're all working hand in hand. But go back to the first step. If you don't know what you want, you're going to give in. If it's a weak want, if it's a weak thought, weak signal. So we've got to be definite about where we're going. That's the deal. And the universe tests us to see how badly we really want it. Before you're going to achieve it, I promise you, you're going to have a lot of adversity before you see before you see what you want. And yeah. you got to remember, your five senses are going to be the last part of you that experiences that big goal. It is going to be the last part of you. Yet most people are letting their senses say, oh, it's not working, so they give in. They give up. And that's why there's so many people creating average lives and they have extraordinary potential inside of them. They've got to dig deeper. Yeah, absolutely. So good. And I will say with you talking about accountability, there was, you know, several of our friends and people in our in our world whenever we were doing the business coaching where, you know, they're like, what, what do you think is, is it worth it? You know? And we would say, absolutely. And as simple as it sounds, just the accountability piece, (laughs) we would pay thousands for, and to some that probably sounded really crazy, but, and it's not to say that everybody has to go pay a business coach thousands of dollars to stay accountable. There's other ways. However, for us, that was such the biggest piece for us to meet some specific goals that we were going after and, and more like the abundance came because of the mind, the mind shift changes and the, or the accountability piece. I think before that experience, I don't think I would have thought that the accountability piece would be worth so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like I'm like coaching changed my life. Like I invest a lot of money every year because we all have blind spots. I think everybody should consistently be in coach every single year. And yeah. if you're not, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you because it's so much more because we all have blind spots. And if you get a really great mentor, they're going to tell you the truth. They're going to dig into your blind spots and tell you what they are. They're going to pick them up within a millisecond, you know? Yeah. So, um, accountability is a huge piece. And in the beginning, you need somebody else to hold you accountable. But as you develop, you're going to be your best accountability partner. Accountability is is so amazing because that's when willpower is out of the way. When you have when you're in around A plus performers, 
when you're surrounded by somebody who's already further along. And you got to be very careful who you get your advice from. You should not be getting advice from somebody who's not living the way you want to live. A lot of people are asking the people in their environment advice, and it's coming from somebody who hasn't experienced what you want to experience. It's the wrong you. It's the wrong person to ask advice. They're very well-meaning in their advice, but mm -hmm. you've got to understand they don't understand how to achieve up here if somebody wants to achieve up here. You know. Yeah. So uh, that's um, that's what I would advise all your listeners. Like, be very careful who you're getting your advice from. That is so true. And then I just love, Megan, what you're doing with your coaching, you know, just coming from it, mixing all of this good stuff with with God and kind of yeah. back to that quote about the utmost going beyond the ceiling when God's involved. So I love that. Yeah, the ultimate advice giver is God. Like when I just sit in his presence, not only am I filled with his abundance, I'm just like more relaxed and realizing like it's all in his plan, like takes the pressure off of me and allows me to really just say, okay, I am here like to create what you want me to create, like create through me. So mm -hmm. I think it just goes hand in hand every time I learn from Mirage and I'm in you know, I'm in their world-class coach program. It's amazing. I can't recommend it enough. And so every time I'm in there, I'm like blown away. And even when I've heard you say something, Arash, and then you say it again, I'm like, it, it hits me different at different moments. So it's just so powerful. And I'd love for you to, um, as we wrap up, kind of just tell us a little bit about the heart of Voss Coaching Co. Like what's y'all's mission and who all do you serve? I mean, we serve everybody really, but we're we're very niched and we we serve people who are wanting to really grow. We're not wanting to drag people. We want to empower them so they bring out the best version of them, themselves in whatever they do. And we coach all different types. We don't just coach coaches. We coach entrepreneurs. We coach people who who are in jobs, who want to create more freedom for themselves. Our mission is to teach people how to transform their lives and live the best version of themselves. And we're a very caring company. It's very heart-based and very authentic. Um, and we tell people the truth. We tell them exactly where they are and what they need to do to get to where they want to go. And we stretch them. We have several programs. We have our world-class wealth program, which is an in-person uh, event with 40 people that I dig deep with for three days. We have our quantum leap coaching program, where it's six months of showing them exactly what to do and how to do to get them to where they want to go. We have like Megan said, our world class coach program, that one is very specific to coaches, that we teach them how to create a world class coaching business. And we have specialized programs where people I'll work with 10 people very deeply in our peak performers program. So these are some of the programs we have. Awesome. And where can people, where can our listeners find all this information? Uh, if they go to vosscoachingco.com. We also have a podcast, seven figure podcast that we do every week. So that's somebody who, if they want to get introduced to what we're doing first, you know, that's a great place to start. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I listen to it and I love that uh, y'all keep it short and sweet. And each episode, I come away with great takeaways that you can implement that day. So 
I definitely recommend all of our listeners go take a listen. And it's called Seven Figure Podcast, right? Seven Figure Standard. Okay. Seven Figure Standard. Thank you. Okay. Well, do you have anything else? I guess I have one last kind of big picture question, just more on a personal level is looking over the past, I think you said 15 plus years of your change in mindset and implementing all of this new thought process in life. What can you share has been just the coolest or most impactful thing that you've gotten to experience like personally or anything? Um, That's a good question. You know, for me, when I started this, it was a destination. I wanted to, you know, create a certain type of life. But once I got involved, it had nothing to do with the destination. It had to do with the journey of continually evolving and working on bigger ideas. Um, I think the best part for me has been the different parts of my character that I developed. Uh, from my disciplines to attitudes to understandings and um, really and what I get to teach not just my clients but my kids and Mm -hmm. uh, you know for me that has been the most impactful but if I was giving myself advice right now what I would have told myself 18 years ago is just relax it's going to be better than you think (laughs) you know just do the work you know and that's we have a motto in our company that is do the work. The work always works when you do the work. And so yeah. that, that's what I would tell you. That's great. Thank you. All right. We will close out in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for Arash and his heart and just his spreading your light in the world and allowing people to see themselves in your image. It's so powerful and so beautiful. And I am just honored to know Araj and be a part of this journey. I thank you for everybody listening that you just show up in their world today and meet them right where they're at and give them one takeaway from this episode that they can implement and really bring them closer to you pray for all of us to just have a wonderful week and for us to continuing to spread your legacy here on earth. And I pray for our world in general and just for peace and safety for all. We love you. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Raj. Bye guys. Take care. It was awesome. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Take care guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another week of Girl I Slept in My Makeup. If you like us, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to learn more about us or get in touch with us, go to our website, girlisleptinmymakeup.com, where you'll also find links to our Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And yeah, make it a great week. God bless.